A good day and welcome to this very special spoiler cast slash discussion on Detroit Become Human. I'm one of your hosts, Manny, and as always, I'm here with Steve, and not as always, but on this very special occasion, we're joined by our good friend, Kate. How are you both? I'm good. Thanks for having Happy. me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for being here. Uh, you're, you're, we clocked you as a Detroit Become Human expert. So. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's how special. we're gonna. That's how we're gonna advertise this. Okay. Yeah. Special <laughs> guest expert on Detroit Become Human, the yeah. Android Queen, <laughs> oh the God. Android Queen herself. Okay. <laughs> Steve, how are you? You look well. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're such yes. a such a kind soul on this lovely Sunday. I'm doing good. Um, good. It's, it's getting hot though. It's getting real hot. It's getting yeah, hot. It I looked know? at the weather for tomorrow. It said 96. So yeah. I'm not uh. getting out of bed. So we met just as context. We met Kate. Uh, at PAX East mm-hmm. earlier this year. We were in line at the Bethesda Day mm-hmm. uh, showcase, and here we are, Yeah, many a day later. We're just all best of friends here. So, again, welcome to the spoiler cast for Detroit Become Human. Uh, the way this is going to work, it's not going to follow the standard protocol for our podcast. We're not going to have, you know, a first segment and topic and, and uh, patch notes like we normally do. Uh, we're just going to talk all about Detroit Become Human the entire time. So the way we're going to structure it is we're going to do a bit of an overview, sort of what we thought about the game overall in the beginning, and then we're going to break it down by storyline. Um, we're going to kind of do a deep dive on each character and talk about what we thought about their arc and how they were sort of portrayed in the in the game. And then at the end, we'll sort of do like a final thoughts thing. Also, it goes without saying, but in case it doesn't, go with not saying. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't finished the game and if you don't want it spoiled for yourself, don't listen to this. Uh, if you're into spoiling things or you've already finished it, I'm glad you're with us. Welcome. So let's just get right into it. Uh, let's start with Kate. Mm-hmm. Overall, without getting too, too specific, what did you think about the game? Like, what were you thinking coming into it? Did it meet your expectations? Give me your thoughts. Um, so I really liked Heavy Rain. Uh, I didn't play Beyond Two Souls, but I really liked Heavy Rain, so I was excited for another Quantic Dream game. Um, I really liked it in spite of some pretty obvious flaws, is kind of how I've uh, summed it up to people that asked about it. So, yeah, it's not a perfect game by any means, but I still enjoyed it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Good starting point. Steve, what about you? I think it's... I think we need to mentioned how great it is that someone else here actually enjoys heavy rain because i feel like i am Those just really? like, i'm just like in uh, like a vacuum and i'm like yeah i really enjoyed heavy rain everyone's like no one cares seriously like, yeah like i don't know that many people who enjoyed it um because everybody everybody just focuses so much on kind of the janky gameplay of that one and i agree well, like some some of the sure. things are a little bit eh. But I actually really enjoyed that story. I thought it was fun, like the detective angle, and then the twist at the end when you find out that the guy you were playing as all yes. along was that son of a bitch. So I too was really looking forward to this because Beyond Two Souls kind of went away from what Heavy Rain did. It focused more on linear storytelling, and the choices didn't matter as much. Um, so in that aspect, I loved how they made it so the choices every single choice you made actually has an impact on how the game plays out oh yeah three of the characters can die at various points throughout the game Um, so there's no guarantee what ending you're going to see and if you don't go and replay it you might never see certain scenes or certain endings so Mm -hmm. I, i really enjoyed that 
And I totally agree with you that there are some glaring flaws. Yeah. Storytelling wise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's one of the ones that jumps out at me. There's a lot of like surface level cliches, things that we've seen before. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I don't think they did enough to do a unique take on the Android uprising. I completely agree. <laughs> completely agree. Yeah. But overall, because yeah. um, like right now I'm going through it to platinum it. So the replay value is real. Like that's one of the cool yeah. things about it. I, I'm, I'm still enjoying playing it again. Um, and we'll talk more about kind of the different uh, branching paths that can that can be taken. Um, but overall, it was an enjoyable experience with some definite uh, definite negatives thrown in there. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I uh, echo both of your thoughts. I think so. I never played uh, Heavy Rain or Beyond Two Souls. I watched um, one of my favorite content creators play through all of Heavy Rain, uh, and I came away with a sort of I don't want to say like a negative taste in my mouth but i was just like oh that doesn't look like something i would go out of my way to experience um yeah there's like definite jank and some of the like acting wasn't stellar let's yeah. just say jason um, jason <laughs> my son um and so i was just like oh okay i get it like it feels like a kind of game that's not right up my alley similar to the telltale telltale series oh, okay um, i really like those like, too so same. yeah different strokes yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> right right um but you know having gone to pax east and having seen steve play it and i mean seeing how brilliant it looks i think that's just like worth stating in the beginning like yeah. what a beautiful looking <laughs> oh, yeah. game it really does look gorgeous like there were two things throughout my whole experience that stood out to me as like not beautiful everything else was actually just beautiful and awesome looking so like props to them for for accomplishing such a visual feat but um yeah i mean aside from the cliches i thought like the individual story arcs were like interesting enough to make me consider my actions heavily um which is something that i don't think every video game does very well if at all yeah Mm -hmm. so i was happy that a game that solely relies on decision making does that well enough and yeah i thought uh despite some Mm-hmm. obvious flaws i think it was a good experience uh so i i think you summed it up pretty well kate okay. um so with that let's get right into each uh, individual storyline so the game starts off with of course connor the android detective um and i feel like everybody kind of knows how this game starts it starts with that hostage situation on the roof where an android uh has a human girl at gunpoint and he's threatening to jump off uh the building and it's up to you playing as Connor to sort of break down the situation and save as many lives as you can, including your own. Um, so I guess let's just kind of talk about Connor overall. We don't necessarily need to get into every scene that he was in or every you know decision point that that he had to uh, that he was confronted with. But what did you guys think about Connor overall? Did you find him interesting comparatively? What, what were your thoughts about him? So Connor is my favorite character, like far and away from the other two. Um, for many reasons, like he felt the most like a robot to me at first. Um, he has like a lot of weird interactions, like whenever they say sort of like an idiom and he just takes it very literally and he's like, I don't understand what you're talking about. Yeah. Like that just felt very like what an android would actually be like in real life. Um, and just, I just think his story is the most interesting. He takes the longest to potentially become deviant. So when it happens, it feels very earned. Mm-hmm. And his interactions with Hank were just so great. And, you know, they, yeah. they can develop a father-son sort of relationship, depending on how you play. Um, right. And it's, I want to go back and play, like, robot, pure robot Connor, and it's going to be <laughs> really hard for me because I really like Hank. Yeah. 
to to sort of just blow him off but yeah i connor is like by far my favorite character yeah i agree um and i i really like connor because his all of his decisions they were within the realm of being a detective they were i mean like as you get closer to endgame then you start to make some more like emotional decisions you face some of those obstacles but especially like for the first like two-thirds you're like a de- you're a detective and that's very fulfilling when you figure out when you like win as a detective sure, whereas yeah. the other like decision branches or flowcharts whatever you want to call them they were much more ambiguous or much more emotional and i was always left with like ah oh, was that the good choice or the bad choice like i just set this house on fire and released a robot bear as Kara. Like, what, should I have done that? Or <laughs> should I have done this other thing? Whereas with Connor, it was like, did I catch the bad guy? If yes, I did the right thing. If no, I didn't do the right thing. Or did I extract the confession? Then great, you know? So like that, like that was just a very tangible win for me. And so I appreciated the fact that there was like an end game and a proper decision to make. What about you, Steve? I agree with you in the sense of the Hank and Connor father-son relationship really was one of my favorite parts about playing Connor, which is making my playthrough right now to get the platinum really suck. Uh, yeah. Because one, of the, <laughs> because one of the trophies is you have to get Connor killed at every chance that he can die <laughs> and come back. Uh. Which is a hilarious trophy. <laughs> it really is because I've... Most of it just stems from, like, missing QTEs, and he just, like, falls to his death, or he got hit by a truck when he was chasing Kara. Was, is one of them, when he when he's chasing that suspect, like, through, like, a greenhouse, and then he jumps on the train, yeah. does he just, like, miss? Because no, that would well, be really funny. I, well, I just, I just crapped out early. I just didn't hit X when you're supposed to jump through the window, and I just missed just the ledge. Just ate it into and the just window. Died. <laughs> and then, because, like, every time you come back, Hank's like, what the fuck, man? You were <laughs> dead. I saw you die. And so, like, that just makes it really funny. Um, but it's it's tough for me because I loved the Connor-Hank dynamic yeah. because Connor needed Hank to become more human and Hank needs Connor because the guy's got nothing. Like, yeah. he is super yeah. depressing. And basically, if you don't do all the right things to make them friends, Hank kills himself yes. at the end of the game. Yes. I... Like, that's... So wild. And I didn't want that because I loved Hank. And then once yeah. I found out that um, Clancy Brown voices him, and he's also the voice of Mr. Krabs. I just started picturing him as Mr. Krabs, and, like talking to Connor. And I thought it was really, it's just like, how could I let Mr. Krabs die? Yeah. Um, but a lot of what Connor does is making those choices that were a little bit heavier than the other two, because he always had the choice of like, should I stay a robot or should I do the human thing? And when you're actually trying to do, I guess the human thing, which is, which is another like kind of theme that this game grapples with is like, what really is the human thing? What's the right thing to do? Right. Uh, because you have a lot of interactions with humans when you're trying to be peaceful and they're not being so peaceful. So you're like, oh, what the hell's going on here? But Connor's always having those instances where he's being confronted with, all right, you can do your job, do your mission, you know, take these androids one way or the other, whether they're alive or dead, it doesn't matter. Or you can actually try to empathize with what they're going through. And like Kate said, once you get to that moment where you have the choice, and again, it's all about choice. You have that choice. Like you can stay connor the robot and carry out your mission or you can be like you know what i'm gonna go deviant and join these guys yeah and that was really the most as kate said like the most earned moment because everyone else um, i feel like their stories kind of progressed just like a little bit more expectedly yeah where his was more his was more like up to you here's a question for you guys when you make when you can choose when connor becomes deviant or not do you think you would have chosen differently if you had not played, like if it had just been a game about Connor, if you didn't know anything about Kara and Marcus, because a big 
because you're confronting Marcus at that moment. And so, you know, you have also played as Marcus, so you probably have some emotional attachment to him. So becoming deviant is kind of like an easier choice because then you don't have to like shoot this other guy that you've been playing for the last 10 hours or whatever. Right. Yeah. So uh, like, I wonder if it would have been a different choice for me if I didn't know anything about Marcus or the revolution and just was seeing it just from Connor, the detective point of view. Yeah, that's a great question. I think my answer would be yes. I would have, I think my answer would have been, I would have played differently. I would have like made decisions yeah. differently. And especially at that moment, I would have just been like, this is my mission. Exactly. Because if I didn't have that context, because that what that context does is provide you with the the other side of the like story. Make, exactly, yeah. it makes you dump, question yourself whether or not the humans are the good guys or the robots or the, or the androids are the good guys, right? So I think that if I didn't have the context and the exposure to the like revolution and everything that was going on outside of Connor's timeline, I would have been like those 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 rascally robots. They're <laughs> they're you know their software is malfunctioning. Yeah. This is what we're supposed to do. This is my job. So probably. I th- yeah, I because think, I yeah. think we would have just only been exposed to those things that Amanda was telling us. I'm not a fan mm-hmm. of Amanda. No. Always filling Same. Connor's head oh, man. with dirty yeah. thoughts about killing humans or yeah. killing androids, whatever. I don't know. I can't even tell with her. She's the dirty worst. Thoughts. She just looked um, mean from the start. Yeah, like... She really did. And um, But I think it definitely would have played into my interpretation of kind of what was right or wrong in that instance, because I feel like we would have been fed the, Oh, they're leading a rebellious revolution where they're actually causing violence. I I think if we just got the view from Connor's perspective and didn't get to see Marcus and Kara, then you don't get the choice of doing a peaceful protest or a peaceful demonstration as Marcus. And I imagine they would just go down the violence route. So, or, even if yeah. they don't go down the violence route, they tell Connor they went down the violence route. Yeah. So then by the time you get to that point, you're like, well, you guys are causing all sorts of a ruckus down here, taking lives, so I'm going to put you down. Right. You guys are making a ruckus. So much noise. <laughs> it is past 9 o'clock, which is our curfew. <laughs> Stop being loud. I'm going to shoot you. He's now. actually just a, an RA in a dorm. <laughs> that's, yeah. what Con- that's what Connor is. <laughs> Imagine the sequel to this is Connor as the RA. He's decommissioned as a detective. <laughs> Hello, I'm your RA. Please go to sleep. Um, here's here's another question. How did you guys feel, or I guess, what was the impact of um, time during the decision-making points, right? So people who haven't played the game uh, or don't know what I'm talking about, when, you, when you're confronted with a decision, most of the time, there's a, there's a timer, essentially, and time is decreasing, and you have, like, what, three to four to five options. What, how did you guys feel about that when it came to Connor's decision-making points? Did, you, did that like make the gameplay better? Did it make it worse? Did it take away from it? I mean, I thought the time to make decisions, at least for dialogue, always gave you enough time to review the options and make whatever one you want. I never felt like I, I needed to rush to make a, a dialogue choice. I did feel that way. Like if you have an action choice, like in the Q- the QTEs when you're like chasing somebody sure. or doing one of those scenarios. But I think for all three characters, every time I was presented with a dialogue choice, I always thought I had enough time to kind of really think about like, all right, who is this going to impact if I say this, you know, this way, like whose relationship will this positively impact? Especially with Marcus, he has like four different people at any given moment that right. whatever he says will change the way they interpret him. So I always felt like I had enough time to make those choices. What about you, Kate? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and it seemed like a lot of times with the dialogue, even though you would have four options, like you would pick one and then it would just go to like, now you have three options. It would kind of like let you go through everything if you wanted to. And sometimes 
not saying something was a better choice. Um, there's certain yep. things you can say to Hank that just make him mad. So <laughs> stuff like that. Um, yeah, no, I, I never really was, there was never like a point where I felt like, oh my God, like, I don't know what to say and I don't have enough time. So I thought they, that was handled yeah. very well. So in the scene where he, where Connor is interrogating Ortiz's android, the murderous one who was hiding in the attic, for example, there would be, and I'm jogging my memory here, there would be like four options for response, right? And ultimately the goal is to extract a confession or just get more information about yeah. what happened. I would, I would go with option, let's say three first, mm -hmm. right? And then from uh, after I get whatever piece of information after Ortiz's android response to me, instead of having three options left, there would only be two, mm -hmm. right? So like that was frustrating for me because I, I was like, oh man, like I was under the pressure of time and I made this decision. Therefore, like branches that I thought I would just be able to get to sure. disappear. And that wasn't always consistent. Sometimes even with the timer, you go with option whatever and all the options are still there and you can cycle through all of them. Um, so it, I think I would have liked more clarity about like what the mechanic behind, I don't even know how to phrase it, like decision options are, whether it's certain ones disappear depending on what you ask or you get different responses depending on what order you ask them in because I felt like it kind of jumped between both. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Well, and especially that scene in particular, like you're interrogating an android in a police station. You, you have a captive audience. Like nothing should ever get canceled out. You can just sit right. there. Plus you're an android. You don't need to eat or sleep. Like you can literally sit here for days and just ask him questions. Yeah, precisely. So yeah, I don't know. I, I was How did thinking you guys about... handle that scene? Did you actually talk it out with him or did you probe that motherfucker's memory? I think I talked it out. Yeah, yeah I talked it out with him. I wasn't like particularly kind, but because like you had to get him to like that stress yeah. threshold. Yeah, that was cool. I enjoyed that a lot. Kind of went back and forth between good cop and bad cop just to stress him out. I also, if you look at our Twitter, you'll see that I used what's called the intimidation walking I tactic. saw that. <laughs> just walking circles around the desk and then extracting just the confession and it like worked brilliantly. You know, just an yeah. android shark. Yeah. What about you? How did you handle that, but Steve? Yeah, the first time I, I talked it out with him, got him to basically trust me, I guess. And then mm. there's the, the big hubbub at the end, but he walks out free and then he eventually smashes a skull on the yeah. like, door. Yeah. But then now that I'm going through it and I get, you gotta get Connor killed every time, if you probe his memory what happens is you learn everything Does he snap? and then when they come in the scuffle happens again and if you go to intervene he just grabs the cop's gun shoots connor in the head and then shoots him in the head and hang again oh my and god hang again is just like what the fuck man <laughs> <laughs> every time connor dies hank has the same reaction and it's so much fun like that's the one thing that i'm like all right i hate being a dick to hank but i love seeing hank so befuddled every time i come back yeah and like i just got to a, just comedic value because i just got to a part um where i was talking to amanda again and it was just like, oh, well, the last Connor was destroyed. And then she asked, like, how's your relationship with Hank? And he just, he talks about it. He just goes, he doesn't seem to understand how when ro one robot is destroyed, another one replaces it. I don't get it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude. Because <laughs> you awesome. keep dying and coming back. It's fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so is the, so the question, when Ortiz's android bashes his face against the wall, mm -hmm. that is, I presume, unavoidable. Yeah, he's always going to die. Right, because you walk away. What if you don't talk to him at all, though? Maybe. Oh, yeah, you can. I guess that would be the only way, is if you don't talk to yeah. him. Yeah. So if you, so when he starts bashing his head against the wall, I kind of like missed it or something. Are you able to intervene? Are you able to go no. in there? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. He just, he okay. just does it, you know? 
just does. Yeah. Just goes nuts. Self-destruct. <laughs> yeah. I, when, they, when they were saying, like, yeah, they self-destruct, I was definitely picturing, like, something would just fry their brain. But no, they actually <laughs> yeah. just bash their skulls in. Yes. Like, that's insane. Yes. Yeah. Right, right. I thought it would, like, be at least a small explosion or something. Just right. a little bit. No. Just a puff of smoke or something. I think... The, the we can talk a little bit more about the relationship between Connor and Hank because it's a really fun one mm -hmm. and I think it's interesting because we know what humans react to as we are humans I hope I don't know if either of you are androids but <laughs> you're very convincing if you are um so like we know how humans react to things and so we know what like triggers anger triggers sadness etc cetera, etc cetera. but we're looking at that through the lens of an android and like I don't know about you guys but like when I was playing Connor I felt really immersed as like an Android detective. Like yeah. I, I like, yeah. I found myself like thinking in like weird choppy sentences, like <laughs> Connor speaks. Like it was just like really, it was very. I thought I thought that was like particularly immersive. And instead of being like, how would a detective handle this? I was like, how would an Android yeah. detective yeah. handle this? And so like that actually impacted the way I developed my relationship with Hank. And it took me a while to like learn. And I was like, that's. AI at work, you know, like yeah. I'm learning how this human works, even though I already do. Like it was really interesting. Um, like particularly the scene where right before that that other android bashes his face into the wall, when you're like scanning his desk and learning yeah. all these things about him. Um and then like in my head I'm like, oh, I'm gonna ask him about music. And then Connor, in the most robot way possible, <laughs> oh <my God>. like <laughs> like how could you not like how could you be less obvious? He's yeah. like do you listen to Knights of the Black Death? <laughs> I like their music. It's full of energy. I was like, dude, you blew it, man. Yeah. I was going somewhere with this. I happen to like so, this song um, that you're actually listening to right now. It's my I know. favorite. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like dogs. Then, <laughs> I love the way he yeah, says that. Yeah. And then Hank is like, my dog's name is Sumo. And I was yeah. like, wow, Hank, that worked on you, you idiot. Because um, <laughs> people love talking about their pet. Yeah, exactly. Right. No, yeah. it's true. And Sumo is a certified good boy. He is. Oh, he's he fantastic. Is. But yeah, so like, how, what did you guys like about that relationship? Like the dynamic between Connor and Hank? Well, aside from just sort of like the father-son bond that develops, you know, yeah. you especially once you go to Hank's house, you see like just how broken of a human being yeah. he is he's playing he's literally one bullet away from... yeah he's like literally yeah, playing so... russian roulette yeah. that's that's his idea of a fun friday night <laughs> yeah i really didn't like that um like connor's reaction he was like what were you doing with this gun and he's like uh russian roulette yeah just normal and then connor's like you were one bullet away from killing yourself anyway we gotta go because we got this mission and i was like spend some time on that guys what the connor's hell? a robot he doesn't he's just like be more careful next time, Hank. Yeah. When you find out why Hank hates robots, like, I guess it's a little cliche, but I don't know. It was, it was like kind of touching and sad that his son was like, right. like failed operation by an Android surgeon or whatever. Yeah. So it, it was like, okay, it makes sense. And you know, you, you see that he used to be like this, like star detective and now he's right. just like, a hot Super mess so up. it yeah. like it was kind of like while hank is sort of teaching connor how to be human connor is also sort of teaching hank how to be a functional human being again so i i really yeah. liked that um steve what about you the the best part about them it like it just had such a good feeling of like the classic buddy cop where i mean obviously like it's been mm -hmm. done a thousand times but it's so much fun to see like the disheveled 
washed up detective trying to take the new guy under his wing and in this case the new guy is a weird ass robot yeah could possibly die a thousand times and come back so always trying to kind of build on that relationship to try to actually get to the human side of hank because i feel like hank almost puts up a robotic front around him because he's like why am i going to spend any time with this guy like he's he's an android he's not a human like what is what does it matter like our interactions so when you're actually trying to befriend him you're doing everything you can as Connor to be like, all right, how, how do I interact with a human? Like as an Android, you're like thinking how, like what would a human say in this scenario to try to elicit a response and like actually learn more about this person. So while Connor's actually trying to do things to be more like his human counterpart, he's actually getting Hank to realize humanity again as well. And then he started to see, like, I remember there's a line late in the game where Hank is basically saying like, you know, maybe we don't have it right after all. Like, the things mm-hmm. we're doing aren't working, so maybe you guys will figure it out. Um, so I loved the, how it just kind of blossomed throughout the game, uh, as long as, of course, you play it that way. Because if you're just like, yeah, fuck Hank, I don't care what happens to Hank, then you can, yeah. you can just be a dick to him the whole game. But when right. you're actually trying to cultivate that relationship, it becomes one of the, the better experiences in the game. Because uh, we'll talk about Kara um, later on, but I had, I had a little bone to pick with that story towards the end. Yeah, But I, I thought that that was possibly the most human interaction that you really get throughout the entire game for sure i think particularly around the few parts the few times where you actually save his life um like when you're chasing Mm -hmm. that suspect and then you have that moment where you pause the first time i didn't save hank because i was like 89 percent chance of success of of (laughs) oh god i i like later i was like i can't i can't yeah and so (laughs) if you don't save him he's fine he I know. I, I went back and did it. Upset. Yeah. Yeah. He slaps um, he, you. He like, slaps you in the face. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh man. And then I went back and I played it and I saved him. And he was so thankful and it was very touching. Yeah. Um but yeah, I really enjoy that relationship. It definitely reminded me like a tiny bit of like iRobot mixed with uh that movie with Robin Williams. I think it was called Artificial Intelligence. It is artificial intelligence. It's like yeah, where it's like authority figures whether it's law or otherwise like interacting with androids and like the classic even like yeah like you said steve even just like rookie cop and older cop dynamic like um training day you know what i mean it was definitely cliche but it was like it was like a spin on it that i could appreciate um and i enjoyed what would your thoughts have been if hank was actually just styled after denzel washington from training day (laughs) <laughs> I would have liked it so much better. It would have been so much better, especially if it was voiced by. Damn, Connor! Denzel. I don't know. You like to get wet? Yeah. <laughs> What's getting awesome. wet, Lieutenant? Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought the relationship between those two was was really cool. Um, and especially like because the goal of, like, going back to the idea, going back to what I mentioned earlier, of like you're in a detective setting, and so you win by finding the suspect or getting it. Uh, you know, the confession those means also met the end the, the end goal of like developing a relationship with Hank. Yes. Like I was constantly like, I want to impress Hank. I got to find the suspect, yes. you know, um, which was cool too. So I was glad that I could sort of like accomplish two goals with one mechanic. So yeah, overall last thoughts on con, obviously not last, last thoughts, but um, before you move on to Marcus. So there's one other thing, one and a half other things I wanted to talk about while we're talking sure. about Connor. Um, and I had messaged Steve about this after I beat the game that, <laughs> The whole time you go through as Connor and like they make this big deal about RA9 and like they're writing it mm-hmm. on the walls and you know it's this big mystery and like 
you never find out what that is. Um, yeah. And apparently, um, in the scene where you can choose to shoot the girl or not at uh, Kamsky's house, mm-hmm. if you shoot her, you can ask about RA9, and he kind of like vaguely is like, well, maybe it's, you know, the first android that ever went deviant, or maybe it's something else. I don't know. So, like, he, he kind of explains it, but uh, not really. And that, that to me just felt like, you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, like, the phrase Chekhov's gun, where yeah. it's like, if you show a gun on the mantle place or whatever, like, yeah. in the first act, you have to use it in Act 3. And that just felt very much like, why was this never explained? This seemed very important. It's causing right. them all to go deviant, and it's just a very big loose end. So, yeah. I don't know if if that bothered you guys or not but it definitely did because it felt like a glaring loose end and also a little side note Chekhov's gun is one of my favorite phrases to throw out there when people are like what does that mean I was like I'll tell you exactly what Chekhov's gun means all right (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's a a five dollar phrase but I agree I thought um it just left it up to your own interpretation and I can't imagine they're like saving it for a sequel because how the hell would you do a sequel to this game there's too many outcomes yeah Yeah. so i don't know i really felt like that could have been something that they should have explored more and i i feel like they'll just be like oh well it's up to the interpreter but it's like well that's shitty like give us there weren't even enough clues there weren't even enough clues for it to be a matter of interpretation like it's just this weird thing that like was like scribbled all over the bathroom walls and yeah and like very cool imagery but you never followed up on it and kind of going along with that i felt like kamsky was like a gonna be like when i saw his trailer right before the game came out i was like oh he's gonna be the final boss like this guy is creepy as fuck yeah and then you just get like the one scene with him where he is very creepy and then i think he comes back in like the bad ending but that's it so I, I don't know. I felt like that was kind of a wasted opportunity for him to be a more, yeah, malicious sort of, I don't know, like Blade Runner-esque figure. He, yeah. he kind of reminded me of like the bad guy in Blade Runner a bit. Jared Leto? No, um, <laughs> original Blade Runner. I was going to say, because he kind of resembled Jared Leto a little bit. Well, yeah. he kind of as well, yeah, in yeah. like the weird sort of pool setting i don't know but I've, I, yeah like i imagine jared leto probably does the same thing on his weekends <laughs> just hangs out with android chicks in a red pool it just talks creepy <laughs> to all of his guests yeah. Hello, welcome to my pool why is the pool water right? Dude, I got another, yeah. got another invite to Jared Leto's pool party. I don't think I'm going to go this weekend. No. <laughs> that was weird last time. So, uh, yeah, I think overall, I'll sort of reiterate, I, I found uh, Connor to be the most, I guess, entertaining. Um, and I guess, yeah, also like immersive. Like I felt most attached to the decisions that he made because there was a very tangible like win-loss mm-hmm. kind of setup. Yeah. Um, which I definitely appreciated. Um, so with that, let's move on to Kara. And uh, we know she doesn't show up next chronologically, but um, we'll get to sort of the reasons why we want to talk about Marcus last um, as he ties into endgame stuff uh, pretty clearly. So Kara, uh, she's one of the playable characters, and um, I guess we'll just sort of set up her uh, introduction to the story and then get into the conversation. Uh, so she, you sort of start playing her on the shelf, essentially, um, and you're looking around the, I don't know, Android store? Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the, Radio Shack. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you see a disheveled man show up, and uh, it's hinted at that um, you, Kara, are essentially like version two of a robot that was destroyed. Um, and then you are taken home, 
by this man, and that sort of sets the story for who Kara is and, and what she is about. Um, and I guess what that is is she's like a helper around the house to a guy named Todd, who is the easiest person to hate. Uh, and uh, he has a daughter, Alice, uh, and you are sort of the help. Todd also has a drug problem, and he drinks a whole lot, and he's super abusive. Uh, so let's just Todd sort of is get a right trope. He's, he's not a character. Yeah. He's a trope. He really is. Yeah. Like, and then, yeah. Because even the ending, because there's an ending you can get to with Kara. You're trying to get over the Canadian border, and like you're just about to succeed, and then here comes fucking Todd again. Almost like <laughs> yeah, really? like it almost blows up your spot, but you basically like empathize with him and just explain. Like, I don't know, I guess, like, how... You basically ask her, like, this is why you feel the way you do. You don't have to. You can be a better human. And then, like, the, the guard comes over and Todd's like, no, everything's fine. Fuck, I hate God. Todd. Dude, like, <laughs> he was one of the biggest cliches you could yes. ever yeah. run into. They didn't even try to, like, inject any sort of subtlety or shades of gray no. into his character <laughs> at all. Everything bit. was a 10, whether <laughs> it was, like, you haven't turned the lights on yet or he's like physically abusing his daughter. It was done with the same amount of enthusiasm and yep. the same tone and the same execution. Uh, that being said, I shot him as soon as I could. It felt great. So let's talk a little bit more about Kara. Uh, Steve, how did you feel about Kara? What were your thoughts on her and her, her story? I think um, it's le- they lead you to believe that she has the most personal story because her, the whole thing is she's trying to protect Alice, the, Todd's daughter allegedly I'd like to throw that out there because this is yeah. my biggest gripe and <laughs> yeah. kate and i talked about this already yeah this is one of my biggest gripes with the whole storyline once you find out that alice isn't a little girl she's an android so like throughout the game i was doing all these things to protect this little girl because automatically like again we're human so we empathize yep. with this little yep. girl who lives in a terrible home with a terrible trash bag of a human being as her father and so you take the first chance you get to escape because the first time i played through i just escaped and todd lived the second time i played through i shot that son of a bitch so <laughs> you just have this emotional connection where you're trying to be a motherly figure to this scared worried girl who yeah. just is about now on her own like all she now has is kara so like there's just this automatic tension that gets thrown onto it because every little move you make with Kara you're it's not just impacting her where Connor it impacts him Marcus it impacts him and then eventually you know Jericho and all those folks but Kara you have somebody directly attached to you who everything mm-hmm. like, who is going to suffer or prosper depending on how you play through the game and that's why I was so disappointed when that little twist at the end when you find out that Alice was a robot because I don't, like, I don't know what this says about me, but like once I found that, I was like, all right, well, I'm not really that connected to this anymore. <laughs> I just don't care. Yeah, no, that that yeah. was my like. As soon as I found that out, I was just like, oh, okay, well, yeah, whatever. I shot a human for yeah, this. Yeah, because I get what they were trying to do. They're trying to make you feel that human connection with these androids, and they're trying to make you think like, oh. These like they deserve the same freedoms that humans do, and like I, you know, I kind yeah. of agree because at the same time, like humans made these these things, so it's their own fault. So now, if right. the androids are rising up and they have, they're they've awoken. You know what? Cool, let them live because you guys did this. You arrogant, right. arrogant humans, always thinking that this is gonna be the, like the savior. <sighs> like just right. watch Terminator one time. I know. Any movie that involves that robots. It's terrible. But yeah, I think it, the game is trying to blur those lines yeah. between like 
what does it mean to be human? And if you fall into that category, what do you deserve as rights? So, yeah, I can see how that would... But at the same time, it's like, yeah, once you figure out that she is an android, it, it makes all the decisions that you made and all, like, the work that you put into it. And I would, like, sort of categorize that as, like, emotional work. Right? Yeah. Whereas Connor was much more, like, I don't know, robotic work, I guess. But um, it totally invalidates that, um, which is pretty yeah, disappointing. Yeah, because, Kate, you had brought up such a better idea that the story could yeah. have went down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, so, like, um, early on with Alice, you have a scene with her, like, after you escape or kill Todd or whatever, where she says, you know, promise me we'll be together forever. And in my head, I was like, okay, well, we're going to, I'm going to have to make a choice down the road. As soon as I heard this, because I was like, shit, do I promise her? Because I I guarantee this is going to come up again. Spoilers, it didn't. Um, (laughs) But, but, so as soon as they said that, in my head, I'm thinking, I bet the end here is like, I'm going to have to make a choice where do I like try to raise this little girl who I thought was a human um, as a robot that will like never age, never die. Um, This girl's going to grow old or like, can I give her to a real family where she can have a real childhood, a real life with normal parents, um, et cetera, et cetera. I thought that would have been like a really harrowing choice to make. Um, sure. and I would have enjoyed that. Yeah, instead it's just like, we are going to be together forever because we're both robots. Yeah. <laughs> Literally forever. All yeah. we need is to be and that also, yeah. It also made me so mad because thinking back, like one of the first things you do when you escape, you're in that little area where you can you know, squat in the house, the motel, or the yeah. car. And you go into the laundromat and like you're trying to steal new dry clothes because you're like, oh, this little girl, she can't be in wet clothes for so long because she's a human well, and yeah. she'll die. And she's yeah. like, don't steal those clothes. I'm like, all right, Alice, I won't steal those clothes. And now I'm thinking about it. What the fuck did you care? You don't even need clothes. Like, yeah. what? I know. Well, like, that that makes you, like, question whether or not she was, like, programmed to be, like, an innocent child kind of she thing. She is, you know? yeah. You must right. be. There's a point in the game where, like, she says, like, after you find out she's an android, and Alice says yeah. something like, oh, I'm cold and hot at the same time or something like that. And you have the option, like, you can turn off, like, her sensors. So that way she just realizes she's a robot again. Like, so you can basically turn off, like, right. the ability to feel, like, flu-like symptoms pretty much. So she yeah. is programmed yeah. to just basically be a little girl. But yeah. that's what I was just like, what, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, which, again, like, that whole thing. So after you find out she's a robot, um, you know, there are, like, she'll say things like, I'm scared or whatever. And obviously, if it's a real kid, you're going to sort of say something to mitigate the situation. It's okay. Like, you know, we're not going to get shot by these bad guys. But, like, you're just a robot. Turn off the kid's shtick. Like, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? <laughs> like, Cut the shit, Alice. <laughs> like, no, you're just a small yeah. robot. Like, stop acting like you don't understand what's going on or whatever because... Because <laughs> you're a computer chair. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it, it yeah. just totally loses any sort of impact or emotional weight to it because you're you're just the same as Kara, just in a small package, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. It, also, was it ever... So here's a question I have. Uh... When androids touch each other, their skin deactivates. They don't. I don't think. Not not all the time. Oh, okay. I think they is have that, to. I think uh, they option, have. Is to, that like a? I'm decision? pretty sure they have to do it. Okay. Okay. Because like, like a when, couple uh, times when Marcus they, and North are just you know touching tips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they just deactivate their skins. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that definitely like remove because I I do agree that Kara and Alice's story is the most personal because I feel like. Connors is robotic detective boy. Yeah. Marcus is like 
robotic revolution boy. Yes. And then... This is literally, like, the Terminator. Right, right. And so Kara's (laughs) in this middle ground where it's like, oh my god, like, this android has learned... This android has learned about what it feels like to be a mom, and that's what she wants, and she wants to help this little girl. And then once you... Yeah, like, once you realize that it's not a little girl, it's a small robot being... um, that, that takes the buy-in out of the picture. Totally. Kara's like ability to be like, this is something I'm going to risk my life for. I'm going to drive to Canada for, et cetera, et cetera. Not worth it, Kara. Nope. <laughs> nope. Honestly, I feel like the writers knew that this sucked the life out of that story yeah. too because they yeah. have Luther say to her basically like, oh, does it matter that she's a robot? Like, does, does yeah. that change anything? It's like, yeah, Luther, it kind of fucking does. It sure does. Like, it changes everything. Right. So right. I don't know. I really feel like they had because up until that point, that was the most personal story. And once that happened, I was just like, well, now I really don't care how this ends. Mm-hmm. Like, there was there's one ending where you can basically, so like if you don't escape Jericho with Kara and Alice, and you get caught and you get sent into the camp basically, and you get to that scene where they're deactivating their mm-hmm. skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have a choice where, like, there's a little scuffle breaking out, or like, and they kill one of the androids. So they're like, "All right, you bring that over there," and like, the guy doesn't want to, so Kara can step up and do it. And so I brought the android to like the dead android pile, and uh, you can just basically wait on a yeah, truck, just leave, and not go back to Alice. So I did that the first time. See, because uh... <laughs> I was just like, "Well, I don't give a fuck at this point. Yeah, like yeah. she's not like she's not gonna care." And then, like once I, because I wanted to do the the ending where everybody lives, so I did that, mm. made it made it through. <laughs> you but... drive off, Kara's like watching, or Alice is like watching you go. Well, like, yeah, stop it lying a, to it, yourself. <laughs> it does a cutscene, like it'll show like Alice, like look, well, Alice, like no skin, Alice, that yeah. mode. Those are, those modes are always so creepy. Yes, so they are. creepy. So yeah. she'll like look back and like look for Kara, and I'm just like, I ain't coming, bitch. I'm <laughs> on the truck. I'm See ya. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I guess overall, how did you, did you, would you rate Kara's storyline as, like, a positive one? Do you think it took away from the experience overall before we uh, move on to Marcus? I, I mean, I honestly felt like, and this is, like, I thought the actress did a great job and everything, but I just felt like it didn't really even need to be in the game. It, it was just, yeah. like, this weird third storyline, and especially then when you find out that, like, Alice is a robot, it, it was just, like what was the point of this like you know marcus and connor both have this ability to completely shape the story and the narrative and change completely change the outcome depending on how you play them and what you choose and and i'm fine with like the third story being more personal but then it kind of ended up being a fake out anyway where it wasn't even this sort of mother-daughter story you thought it was so yeah, I don't know. I, I was thinking about, you know, how could I play this differently on a second playthrough? And with Kara, it was just like, she can be dead? Like, yeah. like, yeah. like there are <laughs> very different ways equation. you can take Marcus and Connor. But with Kara, it's like, I don't know. I could rob the guy at the convenience store this time. Like, right. yeah. it doesn't make any difference to anything. Yeah, I think like Marcus and Connor are both... Like you said, they can they're they're like pulling the strings. They can shape the outcome of the game. And Kara and Alice are just Pawns, they'll, they'll be yeah. impacted. Yeah, they'll be impacted by the decisions that um, Connor and Marcus make. I think either I think the solution would be take him out of the story or make Alice human. Because yeah. then it's like, yeah. oh wow, no, yeah. decisions, the bookend decisions are really impactful on this right. human android relationship. But without that, 
Yeah, there's ponds and and there's like little depth there. That was it. Like, and that just kind of stems into David Cage and how he writes. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like he just relies too heavily on just kind of like the American action movie style of storytelling. Like, it's just very generic. It's nothing's gonna go the way you wouldn't expect it to go. And then I feel like the Alice twist was a twist just to throw it in there, and it it backfired because it basically took out the only real human android connection that meant more. Cause yeah, Hank and Connor are human androids and they have their own style of connection, but it's different than like a mother, totally. basically yeah. an android trying to become the surrogate mother for this, you know, confused, scared little girl who just had her whole world shattered. Right. Who is watching everything yeah. you do. So like, like going back to the convenience store thing that I said, like I, wanted to rob him because i wanted to get money for the motel but i didn't because there's an eight-year-old that is watching me and learning from me and she already has a terrible father figure so it was like well i can't teach her that crime is okay like yeah you know also in retrospect it kind of makes sense that i feel like if if any real eight-year-old saw her dad albeit abusive father be shot by a robot and then, like, runs away from home with a robot, they'd be way more shook than yeah. this was. She yeah. was just like, okay, I'll go with you, Kara uh, version 3.0 or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought the exact same thing. I I literally put, I was, I started the motion, which, yeah. for the record, I love doing, like, halfway motions and <laughs> stopping, because it's so funny, where it's like, serve the food, and Kara's like, uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I like reached back for the gun and then I, I literally stopped and I was like, no, like I should, there's a child here. Um, and like, she might get shot or something. Yeah. You know? Um, but I was going to say something else and I forget what it was. I don't know. Todd don't know. stinks. Todd, Todd stinks. Uh, That's what I was going to say. Can we also just talk for a minute about how in the world can Todd afford not one, but two androids? I know, <laughs> like, right? His wallpaper yeah. is, is literally falling off. Yeah. It's like, how, how can you afford anything? Yeah. There's just no, yeah. Yeah. The guy is such a trash bag. And, and like, God, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, you could not have made that guy more cliche when he does no. the, like, your horn of a mom left me for an accountant. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Throws all the stuff off the table. Like, yeah. It's just on, like, dude. yeah, dude, I bet the accountant doesn't have a meth addiction. Yeah. Right. yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> like, that's the most cliche thing ever. You could have said any other profession and it would have been like, oh, wow, that's deep. But he went with accountant. Come on. Yeah. I was going to say, did you notice the continuity of the spaghetti dinner that never gets eaten? Oh, no, I didn't actually. Yeah. Because that they make spaghetti when he throws the table and bitches about the accountant. Right. And then Rose also makes spaghetti yeah. for Alice. And then Alice again doesn't eat. And that fit, I feel like that should have been a trigger. Like, hey, how come this girl, yeah. uh, you know, literally never eats food? Plus, like, the, the Ralph meal. Oh, Ralph. That's so creepy. He was uh... so creepy. It made me so uncomfortable all the time. Uh, and especially because like, he was just like waving around what was his, with the what knife. What was his deal? He's like he's more interesting than Robot Alice at this yeah. point. Like, yeah, I yeah, want to know what his Ralph. deal was yeah. with like the dead body the and the. Oh yeah, yeah, they were cool too. The Again, at the carnival. <laughs> yeah. So I will say she introduced us to some good characters. Sure. Right? Like Luther as well. Yeah, and Luther. Like, honestly, was great. I loved, I loved Kara and Alice's interactions up until that turning point. That point, yeah. basically ruined yeah. the end game for me for Kara because I at that point I was just like, well, you know. 
who cares what happens right. with these two at this point? Um, yeah. But up yeah. until that point, it was definitely the most human connection I felt. And I thought it was cool that you had, like, an android and a human coexisting when the biggest problem is androids and humans exactly. can't coexist. Like, that was the hope. Yeah. Like, All right, well, if this little girl can see it, then maybe other people can see it, too. Yeah. It's like, oh, the little girl's right. a robot, so no one can actually see this. Right. Great. Yeah. And to your point about, like, the American twist, uh, Steve... Like, it's just, it did backfire because he wanted us to be blown away by the twist, which we could have been had he not built up the storyline to be completely different. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because, like, like, I can imagine me, like, playing and him, like, sitting next to me and then, like, me getting to that point and then being like, whoa, right? Like, did you even see that coming? I would have been like, no, but what about, like, all the other shit I just did? And he's like, no, 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 but whoa, right? Yeah. And I'm like, Ugh, I feel like on. he's like, like M. Night Shyamalan, where M. Night Shyamalan had a great <laughs> yeah. twist in The Sixth Sense, and then he would try to do that in all his other movies, and yeah. it sucked. So, like, Heavy Rain, yeah. he had a great twist. And you're like, oh, my God, I was playing as the killer the whole time. And then this time he's like, I'm going to get him again. And it's like, well, this is, like, The Village, and The Village fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, overall, could have been a little bit deeper. We enjoyed, I think... To sum up all of our thoughts, we enjoyed the interactions between Kara and Alice. I think that was like a really interesting relationship until you realize that it actually wasn't interesting yeah. and there was no yeah. buy-in, uh, no weight. Yeah. And, like all the weight in, de- in the decisions was like evaporated. Right. So, yeah, exactly. So with that, let's move on to Marcus. Uh, he is the third playable character in the game, but he comes second chronologically. He is the sort of house help to an old wealthy artist uh, whose name is Carl. Uh, so he lives in a beautiful house and he gets to make beautiful meals and gets to enjoy some art with Carl who, um, yeah, like I said, Carl's like an old artist who has a very troubled son who is into some shit. He's very wealthy. Um, and it's interesting, like right off the bat, he has some pretty in-depth conversations with Marcus about like, what it means to have choice and what it means to be human and what it means to be free. Um, one of the first things you do as Marcus is to go get paints for Carl. You have to go to the paint store and on your way back, you sort of, you walk up into, uh, or you like stumble upon this kind of uh, protest by humans and they kind of rough them up a little bit. So you start to start to realize a little bit of the cliches yep. right away. <laughs> the main protester was like the quintessential hipster protester douche yeah. that you'd expect. Hey, yeah. what's up? It's a pizza plastic. <laughs> I get a man bun and I also yeah. have tattoos, but they got meaning, man. Yeah. And so you come back home to Carl and Carl's like, oh, you've been hurt. And he's like, no, just a couple of protesters roughing me up on the streets. Uh, and that sort of sets this, the tone of the story. Um, Carl then asks you to to do some art. I really wish you could have used the trackpad to draw whatever you want. That would have been a lot of fun. <laughs> I wanted to like draw something really absurd and for him to be like, wow, such meaning. Um, but unfortunately it's all scripted. Um, and then, uh, then you get introduced, like I said, to Carl's son, Leo, who's oh, like troubled God. and always needs money. And is another cliche. Yep. yep. Yeah. The troubled, like, uh, always needing money child who's jealous of the his robot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I believe I phrased it in when I wrote the review, which you can all read on OprahGaming.com slash read. Uh, I believe <laughs> I phrased it as Leo reacts to Marcus being treated as a surrogate son, as every other disgruntled son has ever acted in any form of media that has ever it's existed. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's like, what you can't appreciate me because I'm not perfect like this guy. <laughs> It's like, all right, Leo, go off script yeah. for fucking once, dude. You know what's wild is they actually got Leonardo DiCaprio to play that part. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. 
And then I, we'll sort of fast forward a little bit where uh, the second encounter you have with Leo, he is broken into Carl's house and is hanging out with his art, presumably to steal yep. it and sell it. Uh, and I don't know about you guys, I made the choice to push Leo, uh, after which he fell to the ground and bashed his neck into a machine yep. yeah. and immediately died. That android strength. Also very cliche. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was just like, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> oh god well yeah because either way even if you if you don't push leo the cops show up and you get shot anyway like there's just no right. avoiding marcus taking the bullet in that situation the only thing that changes is if you don't push leo carl dies right oh okay well i'm glad i saved yeah. him yeah yeah so because i on my plate my first playthrough i didn't push him because carl was telling yeah me, yeah like, hey don't do it and like i i gained respect for carl because him and marcus were i i wish we got more of those two i totally agree those two together i thought like lance henriksen doing carl was just like he brought like such a humanity to it and like he just felt like he could be your grandfather which was so cool yeah also marcus just had it made i mean he he was just the best house uh yeah he's he's finally being you know someone was actually treating a robot well like that was well before we find out about alice like as car and alice were the hope for the young generation carl and marcus were the hope for the older generation like well if he can see it hopefully other people can see it and by all indications carl is a very respected painter you know Mm -hmm. he's well known he's famous so i was a little bummed we don't get to see more of them literally after that scene with carl and leo whether you push him or you don't that's it you don't see carl again you do because right now you do if, you, if he's alive if he's alive you can visit him later Ooh, yeah right. i might have to cool. check this out then yeah also worth mentioning jesse williams as marcus i thought it was really good mm-hmm. i thought all the voice yeah. actors were great valerie yeah. curry as cara mm-hmm. brian deckhart as connor and also i think brian deckhart's hilarious like this dude is just running with the connor yes thing. he like, is some yeah. of some of his twitch streams are some of the funniest things he just has parties and it's like here yeah. everybody play detroit and we'll stream it yeah. and like they no, look his, like they're having the most awesome fun. <laughs> he'll have like 15 people yeah. over and they'll just like pass the controller around playing different stages yeah i kind of want to figure out yeah i want to figure out how i can finagle my way into brian deckhart's parties just so i can hang out with him and play Detroit Become yeah. It looks like a fun time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Leo hated him because he's just like, again, he's just one of those cliche, like, I'm going to write this character the perfect way to make you hate him. Like, he's clearly addicted to drugs. He's using the money to yep. buy other, like, just like his latest fix. I will also say, like, Leo's voice acting subpar. There were a couple moments where it sounded like a scene from the room. <laughs> like, he was like, What are you doing here, Leo? And he's like, Oh, you think somebody's gonna buy this shit? I need some money, Dad. Or like, it was just like really poorly. Like, I'm just executed. collecting my inheritance early. Ha ha ha. Yeah, yeah. It was. I was just like, ah, oh, that's a little rough around the edges. So I was sad to see well, the first time I played through it, I I didn't push him, and then Carl died. So that was a bummer. But now the, the playthrough I'm doing now, I shoved him. Yeah. I, I wanted that trophy. Got to get that trophy. And uh, Carl's alive, so I'm hoping to see him again. Uh, but like the. the the start of it it made you automatically empathize with marcus because you're like yeah either way the cops just show up and they don't know what happened they basically just shoot the guy immediately yep. so you're like well yeah. that seems a little aggressive yeah i also really liked this is something that i thought stood out as like very cool and unique the moment where Kara and Marcus become, they turn deviant and they have that moment of yep. like the red wall and they're trying to. Oh yeah. It. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I thought that, that was, was like cool. really like, that was creative as hell. And I, I was like, wow, that's tight. But, but overall, um, Marcus has the most involvement with Endgame, Right. And like the 
eventual shaping of the story mm-hmm. and really the most impact on the other two characters. Um, three, if you want to count Robot Alice. Yeah, I'd say he's, I, I would argue that he's the main character. He is. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, how did you guys feel about his story and how it sort of developed and how it, um, how it progressed? Well, like uh, Steve said, I would have liked more time with Carl. Um, I thought that whole thing with him, like teaching him how to play chess and read books, mm-hmm. paint, yeah. and all of this creative, emotional sort of human, very human pursuits. Like I thought that was very interesting. Um, it would have been nice to see a little more of that. But um, yep. that being said, I had like the least feelings about Marcus going into it just because I, we kind of seen the least of him, even though he was like the poster child. Yeah. It's weird. So, so I, I guess I could say I was like pleasantly surprised by his arc. I, I liked it a lot. Um, some of like, again, in Jericho kind of, you get the cliches with like North always being like, let's take the violent approach. And um, yeah. the Josh guys like, let's, we have to be, you know, nonviolent. It, so it was, Again, kind of like yeah. okay, just hits you over the head. Yeah, <laughs> right. Plus the overarching cliche of like, we are people. Oh my lord, we are free. And it's when like, you could uh, pick your oh, slogan, dude, march, and one of them was like, yeah. "We have a dream." I was like, "No, yeah, <laughs> like, this is this is a yeah, little too on the nose." Hands yeah, down the most cringeworthy moment of that yep. game. I was yes. Like, oh, why are we doing yeah. this? Yeah. I really enjoyed the scene where you're going to the Cyberlife warehouse to steal parts. Yes. Um, that was cool because it, the game, I was I'm, I was really pleased because the game doesn't force you to rely on stealth because they would have the shittiest oh my god in the world. But oh god, um, like the part where you need to steal the key to get into the truck was kind of cool. Um, I caused the fire. Yeah. In the servers. And they were like, what was that? By the time they turned around, I was already gone or something. Yeah. They were really bad at seeing. Um, <laughs> it's I like the original cool. Metal Gear Solid guards. Yeah, oh, he's exactly. out of my cone. <laughs> if, if you're not in their vision cone like this. Yeah. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. But again, it always came back to the same like cliche result, which was like disappointing. Yeah. But at the same time, like you know that you're making decisions. I think like you felt the weight of marx's decisions pretty early on and you can kind of anticipate that they're going to shape the outcome of the game most directly um so that was like kind of annoying that like the choices that made the most the the choices that meant the most uh as far as the game was concerned were also the most cliche yeah that kind of sucked i i do want to talk about like what i thought was the best chapter in the game was the junkyard scene right after marcus is shot um where he's like completely dismantled you have to literally crawl through limbs to like find legs to reattach and your one audio processor is fried and until you fix it like the sound is all distorted and stuff like just from a sound design level design it was like really incredible immersive agreed oh yeah scene yeah like i love when you finally fix the audio uh adapter and like all of a sudden the rain just like yeah everything comes like crashing in at the same time yeah yeah if you're playing that game with like surround sound or headphones oh yeah beautiful uh also just like walking around and and like ripping parts out of the and like one of them asks you to kill him at one point i thought that was like pretty impactful the the imagery Um, of all the hands sort of like sticking out of this just pile of bodies and stuff like that that was like very surreal and very 
very cool experience. I feel yeah. like you tweeted out after I you did. did that scene. I did. You were like, it was, was that like nightmare like, fuel? Like, yeah. Nightmare. Yeah. And I was just like, I know exactly. <laughs> I, what I she figured just anyone did. who played it like would know what I was talking about because I was like, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> I didn't enjoy that hand tunnel. No. At all, although I do wonder why, like, it was a perfect tunnel with only hands. Yeah. So I was like, who stacked these? <laughs> um, An Android, probably. But yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> but also, like, it was kind of funny because, like, no one has ever looked at that junkyard and been like, oh, there's a lot of moving parts. I don't know if all these things are dead. Yeah. Like, like nobody was ever like, we should probably check on this. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like really creepy. Yeah. Like, like the landscape design was really well done. And just, yeah, like the, the you already knew at that point. I think that was like the turning point where you're like, okay, I'm sort of this Jesus figure right. for the robots. Yes. And so like, it was like one of the first like really weighted decisions that Marcus had to make where it was like, do I rip the eyes out of this robot who's telling me, please, please yeah. no? Like, does that mean I will have to continue the rest of the game without eyes? Like, what happens? So, oh, I took um, those eyes. Yeah. I definitely took the took eyes, eyes and the legs and the heart, yeah. stomach, heart thing, all of it, yeah. So I have to ask both of you, when you played through, did you take the peaceful approach or the violent approach? <laughs> I took the peaceful approach, uh, like, from a role-playing perspective. I, I pushed Leo, and um, that ended horribly so you know thinking as Marcus it's like okay well I took the violent approach once and that turned out really bad for me so yeah. learn my lesson I'm gonna be peaceful now and let me tell you it was rough taking the peaceful approach because even though public opinion keeps going up nobody helps you <laughs> until yeah, the yeah. very end and I was just like oh my god this is really yeah. hard but I'm committed so I'm gonna stick I with think, it I think that makes the most sense for like role-playing and I agree yeah. like, taking the peaceful approach it was like, I want to lash out, but it's like, but I was like telling myself like, but then I'm no better than the Exactly. Humans, yeah. You know? And it's like, I want to show them that like, we can do this peacefully, but at the same time, like, it was like, I was kind of justifying it in my own head by being like, yeah, but like, if I wanted to, I could probably just like rip their face off because I'm robot. Strength. Well, see, that's what I like throughout the whole time I was playing it peaceful up until the last part where it's like, do you want to do the, the peaceful march or do you want to assault? And I was like, right. you know what? I've been peaceful this whole time. I've given them the benefit of the doubt, and they keep yeah. firing at me. Yeah. So fuck all them. I'm going balls to the walls. And both times, because I had to do that twice, um, so both times I did the actual like attack. Mm-hmm. I made it out with all of the main ones alive. And then I saw one of the endings where like, if you have Connor on your side and you don't get out of his programming fast enough, he shoots Marcus, which is, right. I was like, well, that sucked. So I had to redo that. But then I actually did the peaceful one. And even if you do the peaceful one, if you make the wrong choice when the uh, FBI agent Fowler comes to like offer you a deal, like if you accept his deal, he shoots you. So like that's the end of it. Yeah. So like if you basically you do the peaceful approach and like the FBI is like, all right, you know what? We've heard you. We'll listen to you. Come down. We'll talk. We'll make a deal. And if you accept that and just like take the human's word for it, they shoot you. So it does in the end. suck, man. Oh, I know. I know. I know. It's terrible. Like, that's why I had that, like, moment where I was like, all right, well, you know, I try to be peaceful, so not not anymore. But, like, it actually does pay off to be peaceful the entire time. Like, you just have to basically keep deterring, like, everything that they try to throw at you. It sucks because they just, like, keep shooting 
people and you just have to keep standing there like right i don't think anyone would really behave this way but okay yeah a lot of it was just like i don't want north to die so like if what i yeah is my decision gonna cause her to die because i thought north was one of the best characters and you can still romance her even if you're super pacifist the whole time which felt a little like okay she still loves me even though i've like not listened to her every single time she's asked me to do anything Again, that's David Cage. Yeah. That's just like, yeah, whatever, you're going to romance her. I'm like, all right, David, we get it. You know <laughs> how to write women. So, yeah, I mean, given the fact that Marcus has the most involvement in sort of the end of the game and the ultimate, I guess, like, good ending and bad ending mm-hmm. that one can get, why don't we unpack that a little bit? Why don't Steve, you talk about the good ending, and Kate, you can follow up with the bad ending. Okay. Is that cool? Sounds good. Yeah. Let's do uh, so sort of unpack it and then we can talk about what, what our thoughts were were sort of overall. And then I'd also like to throw in a little short conversation about who or what really is RA9. Okay. Just like yeah, that sounds good. Even cool. though no one knows because no one knows. they made it yeah. impossible to decipher. Right. So for the good ending, you have to basically keep literally everybody alive you need to have a good relationship between Connor and Hank so that way Hank doesn't kill himself. You need to do the peaceful... uh, march at the end with marcus and jericho and while you're doing that connor goes to cyberlife to basically unlock all of the androids on cyberlife to then join up with the peaceful protest and like as long as you do all of those things correctly the numbers are too overwhelming and then you have to deny the fbi agent's deal because if you accept his deal Mm -hmm. he kills you and that's it but if you deny it then what happens is Everybody that Connor frees from Cyberlife shows up to the march, and the president, who is just like another weird yeah. periphery character, like yeah. there's no definition <laughs> to her really. She looks like Hillary yeah, Clinton, fake Hillary Clinton. Name is Warren. Yeah. It's like, come on. And that's another one. It's just like I don't know. I, I feel like David Cage just like cuts corners a lot of times. Yep. Yeah. Anytime he's trying to write a female character, and so as long as you do all those things correctly, then everybody lives during that part. But like, while that little March is happening, I'll have to back up a little bit. Like you get attacked at Jericho when Connor, Kara and Marcus are all there together. And if you don't, basically play dead as Kara when you're escaping then you get put into basically uh the android internment camp where they all have to lose their skin and they're getting rounded up and you can get saved in that instance if you do the peaceful protest to success or if you do the violent attack and actually get through all the QTEs with Marcus and then you can liberate everybody that's in there so there's plenty of ways to get Kara and Luther and Alice all to survive um but there's so many instances not only that ending or when you're actually at the Canadian border with Alice where excuse me with Car and Alice where you actually have the option to like sacrifice Luther or sacrifice the Jerry's because you see them again you recognize them but if you do that you don't get the the big ending where everybody lives the only way to get across the Canadian border is to successfully do the peaceful protest with Marcus because what will happen is you get to the border and they do temperature checks to basically see if you're an android or a human and obviously, you're Luther, Car, and Alice. You're three androids, so you're not going to be able to get through. So once you get up there, as long as Marcus is successfully leading a peaceful protest, what will happen is the guy looks up at the screen, he looks back at you, and he goes, enjoy your stay in Canada, and he lets you go through. Mm. So there's so many little things that you mm-hmm. have to do right, and there's a lot of choices that you have to make where it seems like, oh, man, you know, if I sacrifice the Jerry's here, I can probably create a distraction, and then I can get through. But if you just yeah. don't do any of those situations as Kara you're still able to get through as long as you've done everything right as Marcus. So I really enjoyed how they actually made all three intersect. Yeah. 
because again you, with connor you have the choice stay a robot or go deviant if you go deviant then you help marcus succeed in his attempts to free all the mm-hmm. androids and then there's that little ending at uh, there's a little twist at the end there where it's like all right yeah connor's up there with marcus marcus is giving his speech but then all of a sudden you go back and you're talking to amanda again you're basically in connor's head his programming and they're saying like oh we had this planned all along you got us right to marcus so now we're gonna have you kill him and unless you get to the little handprint machine that you see earlier on in the game when you're talking to amanda yeah if you don't get to that in time connor pulls out his gun and he shoots marcus and that's how the game ends Just such a buzzkill. Yeah, yeah, because I I couldn't find it the first time. I was like, I remember this fucking thing. Where is it? And I couldn't find it. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, well, now I have to play this chapter again because I don't want that ending. Like, come on. (laughs) Okay. And then, uh, Kate, why don't you talk about the sort of alternate? Um. Well, there's obviously there's like a lot of permutations on what Steve just mentioned. Um. For instance, I got Kara across the border, but Alice died, and I was like. How did Alice die? Um, we took the boat. We didn't. We didn't get the bus. We took the boat, oh, and they oh. they shoot at you while you're on the boat, and Alice gets hit, and basically bleeds out, I guess, of her fake robot blood. <laughs> and like you just like leave her on the shore, and like if that had been a real child that I got killed, I would have been like, um, we're starting over. We're not. This is not how yeah. this is ending. But because Alice was a robot, I was just like, okay, well. Yeah, I'm gonna start well. my new life in Canada. Um, I'll always yeah. remember you. <laughs> I'm gonna go start a business. Yeah. I'll probably just get a new Android little girl and name her Alice. Exactly. Yeah. I'll get the same model and you know start right. over. But yeah. So, um, but like the absolute worst ending is obviously you get everybody killed. Um, which Kara, there's plenty of times along the way you can get her killed so many yeah um one thing that i saw on youtube that was super creepy was um the zlatko guy where if you get her reset like you fail the thing and her memories get reset and you don't regain her memories and you just screw up that whole chapter she basically becomes like another luther to zlatko and and yeah like it just they show the scene at the end of the game where car is just like bringing him food as he's doing like his weird experiments on things which i thought was pretty dark that's crazy in that in that in that chapter did you guys successfully halt the yeah i did okay i totally didn't i I regained my memories oh okay i couldn't figure out what else i kicked over the thing i kicked over the other thing and i saw the bottle and it was like cause a short circuit and i was like the bottle's so far away didn't work and then it's reset yeah the first time i got reset then i got my memories back i just i literally just played it like a little bit ago and you have to pull the green yes. cord to knock over the vodka and then kick the dolly and that yeah. resets it uh, i i okay didn't do it strategically i think i just lucked out by whatever yeah, order i did I it kicked, in <laughs> i kicked the lamp thing and then i kicked the dolly and then I couldn't reach the ball. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, oh, should have done the kicking thing after. <laughs> uh, and then I regained the yeah. memories. But yeah. Which is a, which feels a little cheap, but okay, David Cage. So cheap. Yeah. <laughs> I was really disappointed. Yeah. Like, there's no, and there's no precedent to like. I know. Like, there's precedent of like robots becoming, like turning deviant. Sure. But there wasn't anything that was like, after robots completely reset. Oh, it can magically yeah. still remember stuff before it was reset. happened with my yeah. hard drive when it got screwed up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wish it happened whenever I lose internet yeah. and I need to like restart it. And that kind of leads me to another issue I have with the game. It's only set in 2038. Are we really going to be that advanced in 2038? <laughs> Come no on. No way. Come yeah. on. 
we're probably going in the opposite direction if we're being honest. Uh, anyway, yeah. So continue. so then um, with Marcus, there's also like a lot of times you can get him killed with all the different protests and all that. Um, and then there's actually a pretty cool scene where if you keep Connor deviant, he and Marcus have a sort of final showdown. You pick who you play as, and then what? yeah, they they basically fight each other to the death and. One of them wins and one of them dies. That's pretty Yeah, sad. so so like the ultimate bad ending, I think, would be you keep Connor deviant, you kill Marcus, you go as Connor, you go back, and Amanda's like, congratulations, Connor, you finished your mission. However, you know, we noticed some flaws in your model, so we've introduced a new model, the RK900. And it's like Connor in like cool, like fancier suit, basically. He's got like a beard. <laughs> yeah. Smoking a cigarette. And they're like, flipping a nickel. they're like, okay, you're being retired, so bye and then so like connor essentially gets put out of commission and then wow. yeah kamsky returns as the ceo to cyberlife and is basically like huh. giving this sort of interview and he's like yeah i know that you know there's like this big snafu in detroit but don't worry we're working on it and we're going to make sure that the models can never go deviant again so basically the androids will never have the chance to wake up yeah. ever again is kind of the bad wow. ending yeah yeah it's pretty That's the it's worst pretty dark <laughs> it's super depressing wow jesus wow that is super yeah. depressing i'm probably gonna witness this because on my playthrough on my attempts to get connor killed all the time yeah because i don't you think you gotta be a dick with him i don't think he can go deviant if he dies a bunch of times i think the only way he can go deviant is if he survived the whole thing sort of by yeah. learning from those experiences yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. I I bet there is uh, somewhere on YouTube, and if there isn't, Steve, this is your next <laughs> video project. I want a super cut of all of Connor's. I deaths. think there is one. Yeah. But, oh, but yeah, Steve should make it too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah can, Where, I'll like, have to just Hank go back is and like, play it all. what are you waiting for? Go chase after the guy, and he's just like, huh, like right in front of a train or something. <laughs> Worst <You're> like, robot <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like yeah. the the super cut of uh, Ethan chasing somebody in heavy rain, oh, which is every yeah. QT. It's one of the funniest <laughs> yeah. videos I've ever seen. Yeah, I've seen a lot of supercuts from Heavy Rain. So good. Okay, that was a horrible yeah. ending. Uh, There's so many other endings you can get. Sure, yeah. That's right. Well, that's, that's one of the things we all agree on is that the choices make, that you make actually lead to different outcomes. Yeah. So right. they did that very well. They really did. And I loved looking at the world stats and seeing that's awesome, yeah. who got every other thing yeah. and like what percentage of people got the outcomes I have and stuff. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So yeah, overall sort of thoughts. I don't know. I, I, th I think it's a great game. The replay values, I think, mm -hmm. amazing. I think it would be awesome to play with like a group. Yeah. I just wish there was a feature where you could actually turn the timer off so you could like yes. get to a decision point and just talk it out with a group. Like that would be really cool. Yeah, it would make it much better for streaming. For sure. Like, that would be such a great game to stream right. if you had that opportunity to actually wait out the... Uh, like basically wait out the options so people could see like all right let's make this choice instead but you don't have that yeah it's too quick right yeah that would be cool there's a game i forget what it's called it's called like final witness or something like that uh, oh is this is it the group game yeah and you play it on your yes phone what is it called that, hidden like, agenda hidden and it agenda is like it is I don't know where yeah we going. actually played that like <laughs> a couple months ago and it is it's a great concept but it was not a very good game yeah, super poor <laughs> yeah. i played for for 
this might put it in perspective. I played it with my mother over Christmas break. Okay. <laughs> who had some trouble with the whole phone thing. We had some drunk people uh, but, who had some trouble with the phone thing as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I played, so I played with my mom and my little sister and it was like fun enough. So I wish that there was some kind of feature where like it was like, are you playing this solo? Or are you playing with a group? Kind yeah. of thing. Like that would be kind of a neat thing. Um, but overall, I mean, like if somebody asked me to recommend it, I probably would. Yeah. I would definitely like give them the heads up about like, if you're really into cliches, this is for you. And if not, it's not going to thrill the pants off. Yeah, that's definitely what I said to a couple of friends who asked about it. I was like, mm -hmm. you know, they're friends who like Quantic Dream Games. So I was like, you should play it. Just know that the uh, the social themes are super on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. expect anything super uh, innovative or groundbreaking in terms of story. But, you know, it's still it's a fun experience. And the acting yeah, is really good. The visuals are awesome. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. In terms of the themes being right on the nose, oh. that was really. I feel like people were really expecting this game to like do deep dives into all these social issues. It's like you know, I don't think you could ever expect that from this studio, knowing the stuff they've already produced. So if you start looking at it as just like, okay, these are themes just to set up this location, right? Then right. it then it actually plays into it. It's like it's not about the themes as a whole. It's about these three individuals and the people they interact with. So in that yeah. instance, it was good. Mm -hmm. um, like I, I I've said before, like I, it's super service level, super cliche yep. at times. Um, however, it's still very enjoyable, and there's a lot of replay value. Like I am interested in going back to seeing like what other outcomes I can get, and that's yeah, right. that's definitely one of the things that you look for in a game. Like give me a reason to come back and play you. Because, yeah. like, why else would you spend Absolutely. 60 bucks on games? But with all that, yeah. we had a little topic here. Let's just go around. Who do you think RA9 is? Okay. Uh, do we give, like, justification? Yeah. Or just, like, one more? Let's, one do, let's do a quick it. one. Just a quick, yeah, quick little couple sentences. Okay. My vote would be Marcus um, because he is sort of the Jesus figure. Um, he's sort of, like, the savior if you play it right. Um, and, like, I think part of it is like RA9 is also not aware that he or she is RA9. And I think that really plays into Marcus. He's like kind of stupidly stumbling, in, stumbling into all these sets of like all these roles of super high responsibility. So is. I think it's Marcus. I think it is Kara from the original video from like 2013. She was like, okay. because in that video, I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's like the concept short that inspired the game. Yeah. She was like an android that's getting assembled and wakes up and then they start taking her apart because it's like, oh, you're dysfunctional. Um, and, and she's like, basically like, I'm afraid to die. Please don't disassemble me. So then at the end, they don't. So given what Kamsky says that like RA9 is possibly the first android that went deviant, that's why I think mm -hmm. it is that. I don't know if it's the same car that we play or just another car model, but I think that right. that one is RA9. Cool. Steve, what, do, what about you? I think the safe answer is Marcus. Because yeah. I yeah. feel like he is the one who leads the revolution. But I'm going to throw a little twist here now that Kate informed me of this new Connor model that gets oh, unveiled yeah. at the bad ending. Yeah. And he's like an RK900. RK900, yeah. Right. I'm thinking, now hear me out. This is I'm deep diving here. I'm going much deeper than this David Cage has ever <laughs> Brace, brace so, yourselves. What I think is he'll be the new RA9 because he has established the point where none of the androids will wake up again. And he's giving oh. them freedom of free thought. 
I like it. Like freedom from the ability to feel things. Yes. I like it. I like that. Interesting. Throw that out there. Yeah. I can get into that. Because, like, they didn't give us enough tangible evidence, so let's just throw fucking speculative (laughs) things out there and hope for the best. There have also been, like, a few speculations and, like, just random people noodling on the internet where it's, like, the player is RA9 Mm. because, like, the player ultimately has the choices in their hand okay. and they can actually like structure the outcome which is like woo theoretical that's kind of meta uh, or just, <laughs> I like, like, I like yeah, yeah meta stuff yeah or like all of the uh, collectively the androids that rise up are RA9 um, which I don't like as much as the player I feel like either one of those are kind of like cop outs like oh it's For the sure. player it's like yeah well I mean everybody's the right. player like, yeah. Come on. yeah yeah Give me something One thing in the story. that I wasn't, and I probably should have mentioned this earlier, but the the two visual things that stuck out to me like a sore thumb, the scene where Marcus and his posse are running through, they're jumping all over the crates trying to get to the warehouse. If if you time the crate climbing, so like you're you're essentially running with, I think his name was Josh, the one other uh, android who's sort of in the back of the mm-hmm. pack. If you climb, so he'll jump up to a crate, and if you jump right after, right behind him, you'll like clip right through him. Yep, which is really frustrating <laughs> for such a beautiful right. game. They couldn't avoid that. Uh, and then the other thing is when Marcus is given his big old speech at the end in front of all the androids, like half of which are skinless and half of which have skins. The camera like pans across the whole audience. And um, did you ever did you ever play Wii Bowling, and yeah. you accidentally <laughs> drop the ball behind you, and all the Wii we people behind you do the jump and turn at the same time (laughs) like all of the characters do actually now that i think of it they don't even do any animation they're all standing there and all of the models are exactly the same none of them have long hair yeah it's all copy paste yeah and i was just like (laughs) guys come on and it's not that hard like i mean it's hard for us because we're not game developers but like for a studio that has many many dollars like really those were the things you couldn't polish (laughs) okay but anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there because I didn't mention it earlier. But yeah, overall, interesting experience. I'm definitely going to go through a couple more yeah. times just to see like where things land. And I might like invite some friends to, to play through it as well. It does make for a fun stream. Mm-hmm. For sure. Also, for sure. we didn't talk about this when we talked about Connor. So quick one. Did y'all save the fish? Yes, of course. Oh, I don't think Manny don't, saved the fish. He's waiting a long time. Oh, you let the fish die. You dirty, dirty. And I boy. turned off the pot <laughs> or whatever it was. The stove. Oh yeah, yeah. I did too. I, I turned the I turned the stove off as well. I was like, who would leave this on? Come on. Burn also, I feel down. like there was a lot of um, for some reason, like all of the enemies that Connor was searching for, like looking for in the in his like little sequences, none of them went far. Nope. Like they're, they're always, always in hiding the in, in the, the place. Next door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's because the deviants they don't they don't think that far ahead. They're just like, ah, oh, shit, what now? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm just gonna hide here. Yeah. <laughs> like every time the screen showed like. The deviant's still yeah. here. I was yeah. like, of course After it is. After you search the entire house, top yeah. to bottom, it's like, it's still here. It's like, yeah, I probably could have figured this. Like, why don't I just exactly. always go up to the attic? They're yeah. always in the right. attic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, in any case, yeah, that I, I thought it was a great experience. I'll play it again. Wish it could have gone a little bit deeper. Yeah. Inter- interested to see what they, what they come out with next and if they choose to go a little bit deeper. But um, overall, fun. It. I also doubt it. <laughs> Um, I think he's established his track record as to what he's going to produce. Like again, right. they're fun games. I because I love the storytelling, interactive narrative style games. So I'll always play these. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they are what they are. Like I'm, I'm not right. going to look for some groundbreaking source material here. I, I know what to expect from uh, yeah. Quantic at this point. I will say, I think they turn me onto those kinds of games a little bit more. Like I'll definitely 
Depending. I might give a Telltale game a try just uh, yeah, so I can I told have you that kind of like experience. weeks ago or months ago to do the Batman Telltale game. And, oh, you've been telling uh, me forever. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. That one's Especially good? the second season. Okay. Oh, it's so good. I, the I second stopped season's with amazing. Game of Thrones because it kind of made me mad. The yeah, final um, episode yeah, of Game, game of, of Thrones. Thrones um, yeah. There's only like one character you could have like a positive result in that entire game. And it's um the one who goes to the, the North. It, like, yeah. The, the North thing. Yeah. I, I I agree. That game was super depressing. Yes, it was. But, uh, yeah. No, the second season of Batman's awesome because depending on what you do, you can either get a crime fighting vigilante Joker or a villain Joker. It's pretty mm, awesome. I'm into it. I got a villain because I want my Joker. Yeah, to be yeah. At all times. Yeah, so. <laughs> Not a pal. Well, folks, with that, thank you for listening. This has been our discussion slash spoiler cast on Detroit Become Human. If you have thoughts, if you want to let us know what you thought about the game or about possible outcomes that you got that we didn't mention or if you think you know or uh if you think you know who or what is ra9 let us know uh you can email us tweet at us uh give us a call at 347-509-5620 and if you like what you heard check us out at patreon.com slash gaming where every single dollar we get will go a really long way to making this show even better and we can do more cool things like this and have more cool guests like kate and keep doing some rad shit uh kate thanks for doing this yeah. with us this was awesome Thank you so much. We'll, Great. we'll do this again um maybe in the fall when uh, I'd love to. we all have to quit our jobs because of all the games that come out <laughs> um we can do another spoiler okay. cast i feel like together. a red dead redemption 2 yes. spoiler cast could be Ooh, a great time good. yeah that sounds really really good kate thanks for joining us this was awesome we hope to have you again yeah i'd love to uh we will have more spoiler cast and awesome content coming your way so Ladies and gentlemen, with that, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we appreciate you, and we'll talk to you very soon. Also, this is like a total, this is a total side note. I was telling Steve this yesterday. So when I was at the office yesterday, uh I, I played a bunch of hours so i my room was being like demolished yeah. right so like i was i brought my ps4 to the office and i'm playing on a projector like all morning and then i'm, I'm set up to record it's like 2 30 and i'm watching an end game scene of uh cara and alice yeah and the security guard knocks on my door to tell me that i need to leave because the yeah. office hours have changed and she knocks my door, and I wave her in, and she opens the door just as Al, as uh, Kara's deactivating her skin on my screen. <laughs> <laughs> and so she probably looked at my computer like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> and she's like, are you going to be here for much longer? And I was like, yeah, you know, I was going to work on a project at 3. You'll probably be here till like 4 or 4.30. And, I like, and I'm like motioning towards my screen. She's like, what the fuck kind of project is this guy working on? <laughs> it probably was like the weirdest thing to see that. Anyway. <laughs>